Hello, and welcome to Set Podcast to Stun, the podcast where we explore, explain, and enjoy the Star Trek franchise. Today we watch Mudswoman. The Enterprise saves a mysterious starship captain, Harvey Mudd, and three distractingly beautiful women, but they burn out their lithium crystals in the process. Can Kurt negotiate for new crystals with three horny crystal miners, or will Mud's machinations put him in control of the ship? I'm Clint the Q, joined by Captain Corey and Chancellor Emily. Kapla. How are you guys? Hey. I'm alright. Hey, can you promise that in this episode we're not gonna abandon a beautiful young woman on a planet by herself? Uh, this is 1960s Star Trek, Corey. I can't, I can't promise that also they're being punished by looking old again i think we i think we saw this episode already i think <laughs> with, you sent with... us the wrong episode to watch it was the one we already saw but but cory this one is so different because there's like an irish cowboy po- pirate situation going on oh my god i loved and hated mud so much so so yeah like he gets boarded on immediately and i love his look i loved his little like i don't know his little like it's not a cowboy hat. It's like a pirate hat thing, almost like a, not a tricorder, but he's definitely like a 22nd century pirate type. Did you say tricorder or tricorner? Because those are two very different things. It's a, no, it's a tri, yeah, you're right. No, it's a tricorner, tricorder hat. His hat also takes uh, readings. Sneaky. Well, he also has uh, the Clint Merritt syndrome, which is where he starts trying to do one accent and it slowly fades into Creole. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I uh, I am a dungeon master, and Emily plays in one of my uh, campaigns. <laughs> and uh, the whole group makes fun of me because I just kind of slip into a Creole accent. He he started off being like kind of really bad Irish, like "What ting is this, my lads?" And then I like partway through, I was just it got really Clint Demerit. And then by the end, I think it was just completely gone. <laughs> he uh he sounded like just like a leprechaun like the first time, <laughs> like hoity <laughs> Oh no, my ship got lost in some asteroids. Just gotta follow a rainbow back to my ship. If if this had <laughs> this is a perfect example of Clint's Creole. <laughs> Asteroid man. <laughs> we be German. <laughs> I'm I'm now I just don't know you I, I don't think you know what, what accents are, Emily. <laughs> I I mean, you definitely don't. Maybe it's like a, a double ignorance like i don't know what they should sound like and you don't know how to make them sound like anything and we're trying to communicate in accents and it's just gibberish we have like a deaf teaching the blind uh (laughs) in accent school right now okay so if this was the first episode we would have watched of this podcast i would have quit the podcast i hated this episode (laughs) it was horrible yeah this is really bad. I just thought it was so goofy and hilarious. I mean, it was like super cringy. And once again, we have a lot of like bad representation problems. But I thought it was just hilarious. I thought Mud was a great character, even though he was super dumb. I also thought it moved better than other episodes. What the? F- I didn't feel like show it. Were you watching? I didn't feel. <laughs> I didn't feel like it sagged. <laughs> Like I, I maybe in the like a little bit in the middle, like there were it definitely sagged like a burlap sack full of potatoes. It was the saggiest episode. 
the episode that this reminded me the most of was I think it's up. Th- uh, what's the one where on TNG the Irish people settle on the ship and make you know their chickens get everywhere and they're just being you know too rustic for the ship. God, I don't remember what the name is, but I definitely know what you're talking about. Make your point, and I'll try and look it up. I mean, that one was like it was. Like, it was not a great episode, but it was it was charming and it was kind of funny and whatnot. Um, this did not have that. Like whatever humor you perceived, I feel like was accidental because most of the time people were just staring at the beautiful women, or the women were really sad because they were in a horrible situation in their lives. And there was just a lot of staring and a lot of sighing. It, I thought it was just incoherent. This one definitely got kind of dark. Because, I mean, I don't know if it was meant to get that dark. But then when they, like, needed their drugs. And they're like, oh, give us our drugs. It was like, man, it's like crack whores in space. <laughs> this episode got too real too fast. Where, like, Harvey Mudd is this, like, space pimp. And he's just, like, trying to sell these women who he has addicted addicted to these uh, Venus drugs. Yeah, it, it was. So I have I have a couple of questions, but I don't know like how how you want to go about doing this. Like first of all, the three the three women. So this mud guy is taking these three women to uh, a colony so they can get married because they aren't currently married. And that's the worst thing to be in the twenty second century is a is a lone female with no husband. It's weirdly incoherent though because like we never get an explanation of like why the women want to do this <laughs> and then we don't because they're not married Emily. i mean they're just Aren't you listening <laughs> yeah they're just they... they're unmarried women oh, they right, need right. they need men but then there's also like this are the women the villain is mud the villain it, it i thought this episode was like incoherent like would you say it was muddy i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna literally kill you Clint. i <laughs> I think the patriarchy was the villain. <laughs> so what I didn't understand, the, the episode opens with Mud traveling and the Enterprise is chasing them. And we don't know why the Enterprise is chasing this little cargo ship. But Mud is so desperate to get away from the Enterprise that he goes into an asteroid field. The Enterprise decides to extend its shield around Mud's ship and in the process like blows out most of their fuses and they have to get more crystals. And that's like the MacGuffin for the episode. Because they're running out of power on their ship, but like, why, why would Kirk endanger his ship to like protect a rogue caravan? That's just the Starfleet way. But why was he chasing them in the first place? Yeah, they start the episode of the Enterprise pursuing them, and they make they never give you an explanation. They never explain what's going on. They're just like he won't respond to our hails, and so they're like, "Wow, this must be some super dangerous dude." And then he's just like this petty criminal, and Kirk's like, "We're gonna charge you. You're gonna go to jail for a long time for uh not having a license." And I'm like, "This is the dumbest shit ever." Not only are you cops, but you're cops that are like overstepping your boundaries. It was so weird. And while we're talking about that. This is the second example of extrajudicial baloney that we're seeing on Kirk's ship. Because remember that episode where he made that guy, he was going to make him drink um, the truth serum. So he told the truth. Yeah. In this case, we have a lie detector test at a at a trial that basically tells Kirk whether or not the person is telling the truth or not. That, that was that was like very... Very concerning. Uh, I agree with you. The The computer's weird, too. Like, it's not a truth detector. I thought it was, like, a lie detector, but it just has, right? It, it's just, like, connected to a database. 
and it knows everything. I don't know. Yeah, but it also, like, Clint, I think, to give you some credit, at the beginning, there were a couple parts that were, like, corny and funny on purpose. And I felt like the computer was one of those where it was really silly. Like, it felt like a very, like, lost-in-space robot. They're doing this trial with Mud, the Irish space pirate cowboy, and then... And his ladies, and then, like, Bones and Scotty. And the computer essentially tells everybody that the Star Trek guys have boners. Like, they're just like, (laughs) no anomalies detected, but your men have erections. No, it literally literally says high blood pressure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Kirk's like, Spock, would you please wipe the boner reference from the record? Thank you. Right. That's enough, computer. Like, and also, I will say one part that it was like this really corny, over the top, like 50s, 60s innuendo was when the women first get beamed aboard, every line is just this super cheesy double entendre. Like, how many did we get off? I want them there whether they can walk or not. Uh, <laughs> I want them in my cabin immediately. Like, it's really silly, and the tone is really like goofy but then they can't commit to the screwball and just do like well now it needs to get serious i I don't know it's weird sorry i just want like a tiny angry rant it like the tone was just very confusing yeah the tone was all over the place in this one i definitely agree with you there that it was like weird like it was silly and then it got kind of dark and then it got a little bit more silly and then it got dark when she kind of like wandered out into the the wilderness and then it ended on on like a silly note so it was definitely all over the place also like the writing was just bad i kept thinking about the one with the eyes where they have where kirk and whatever dude have like a whole monologue about like what it means to be a god and have power and like for all of that episode's flaws at least that was interesting writing like in this case she doesn't want to like dance with the miner so he tries to dance <laughs> with someone else and she gets all mad and runs out in the middle of a sandstorm but before she does she yells why don't you just run a raffle and the loser gets me and i'm like what does that even mean <laughs> So we're skipping around here, but I want to talk about this part too, because probably the ending part was probably like the most problematic and like the worst. Yeah. So they like burned out all their crystals. They go to this mining colony or just it, mining it, operation. Yeah, cause it's three dudes. That's, that's it. I'm not calling that a colony. Yeah. It feels very like a California 49er, like miners out in the, the mountains making their fortune. But it's very lucky because there are three women who are. <laughs> so, what's their relationship with Mud? Really quick, are they? They're like cargo. Are they? Do they have like agency in this decision? They want to get married. They want Mud to take them to somewhere that they can get married, right? I don't. I, I guess they do have agency because it's like none of them are the. There's only one fighting against it, right? And I think the only reason she's uncomfortable with it is that they're on the Venus drugs. She doesn't care that she's getting carted off to whatever man will take her. The thing she's upset about is that she's lying about her beauty, right? But it seems like they're down for it. I don't know. What do you think, Emily? I think it's like super unclear. And like, this is why I say this episode is incoherent is because they say something like mud, you know, are these your, is this your crew? And he's like, no, they're my cargo. And there's this kind of dramatic moment. And then we never revisit that. The blonde 
Eve is the only one who says she wants to get married. It's super unclear what the tension with them is. Is it just that they want to be beautiful? Like, I, it, I, I have no idea. Yeah, Mud could have said, these, these are my passengers, but he chose the word cargo. I wanted to ask a quick question because, so if, they, if the women don't take this Venus drug, they look absolutely beautiful to the point where everyone just can't stop staring at them. And it's like really awkward, long scenes of bones, just like his mouth agape staring at them. In the really annoying like 1960s way but yeah. <laughs> so if they're not on the drug though then they they get some let's just say non-makeup plain features is it the same actress that's playing both versions i think so i think they just yeah, put some definitely. stuff on their face to make yeah, them look all yeah, okay. wrinkly so they just like mess the yeah. hair up a little bit and then don't give them any makeup if they're just not wearing like false eyelashes and studio makeup and actually even like so there's a part where they stop taking the pills in the middle and it does look like they put old people makeup on them. Like they are really mm. wrinkly. But then at the end, Eve doesn't have it and she, it just looks like that actress without makeup. So it's really weird. That's why too, it's so incoherent. Cause in the middle, they're just like, they need their fix. Do you think yeah. it's cause they're old or do you think it's cause they're, it's like they're going through withdrawals that makes them look worse. It's so unclear. I have no idea. <laughs> Like it literally could go either way. Yeah. I think back then they'd just be like, oh, they're they're old naturally, but they're not really because like I don't know. Yeah, you're right. This episode is very confusing. You know, now that we're talking about the drugs, let's kind of skip to the end a little bit because at at she kind of gets away from the miners and then she goes out into a dangerous stand sandstorm. One of the miners finds her and then like brings her back to his little barracks thing. And she like cooks him a meal, which was funny, and we'll talk about that in a second but then kirk gives her like a fake pill or something like that and she takes it and then she's beautiful again and then she's like is this what you want and then kirk was like oh that was just red gelatin can't you see that the beauty drug was inside you all along you just needed confidence and then she's like you're right i just needed conf like right it is that like what you guys got from that scene? No, man, it was it was really bad. They played it off because even Kirk mentions in his captain's log, like there's three women on our ship and my crew's having a hard time focusing. Like there's some sort of pull that they have, some sort of space magic, um, but there's not there's not at all. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that makes them like beautiful except for the drug, and there's no magic about them to make McCoy just stare at them for like forty five seconds. But, like, this is the other thing of why this episode is incoherent, is one, like, they change the actress's appearance so much, that does not work. And also, too, like, there's a scene earlier where one of the women is standing in front of Bones's, I don't know, some sort of scanner, and it's, like, beeping in a weird way, and he's like, I don't understand why it's doing that, something's wrong. I'm just like, what the fuck? Wait, do, do we never find out why his machine's beeping when the lady's standing next to it? No, it no. was just beeping and it didn't say anything. It's just like, oh, this is the something's I off. I feel like beeper. there were two scripts here. There's, yeah, it really feels like everybody had a rough draft. You have a writer's room for 12 people and 12 people write a script and then they pick one to work on. And all of a sudden they realize they were one episode short and they were like, uh, does anyone still have their rough draft that we didn't turn into an episode? And they're like, well, we borrowed this, we borrowed that. And they're like, well, we'll just take different bits of everybody's ideas and cram them together. One of the things that annoyed me was, okay, they, so they burnt out all of their crystals trying to protect Mudship, which got destroyed in anyway. They only have one crystal left. They find this mining colony. They go to the mining colony and the mining colony is like, 
oh, we're not going to give you any crystals unless you give us the women, because Mud had contacted them and was trying to negotiate for his freedom with, with the miners. So yeah. Kirk's like, oh my god, do I give them the women, or what do I do? He has a goddamn starship. He can be like, no, how about you give me the crystals, or I'm going to send down... I don't know, five guys with baseball bats to beat the shit out of all of you. <laughs> Just baseball bats. Pick up some rocks when you get to the surface, boys. The The guy did tell him is like, if you send a, if you send an away party down, you won't find a crystal. Well, but then Kirk is like, oh, you have to have all this Federation support for all these other reasons. Mm-hmm. But like also can I just talk about how weird it is to think that the entire ship is running on some sort of battery? That technology hurt my brain the whole time. It's a future battery. Don't don't worry about it. Just just let the techno babble wash over you and let your <laughs> mind go blank. Yeah, those miners are dicks. Too like they get what they want. The women are down there and it's like, "Hey, can we like make sure we don't all die in space?" And the guys like, "Yeah, just wait a second. Also, this guy is like really borderline abusive to this woman and like really aggressive and mean to Kirk. And then when What are you talking about? He didn't touch her. I didn't touch her. He just keeps saying, "I didn't touch you," but he keeps like threatening to I don't know. He's like this really malevolent figure and then after Kirk gives his little confidence speech, he's like, you're right. Let's just talk. It's so weird. Well, they get together, right? I mean, like, I think it implies that he, the head space miner gets together with Evie and and then that's it. Because she's both the ugly girl and the beautiful girl together. And so he's finally really interested or something. I don't know. I just think the, the moral of this episode that in the 1960s, if you're not pretty... It's because you don't have confidence and you don't smile enough. Oh, man. <laughs> I think the moral is that you should always lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, It was so weird. I don't know. He was that. Those were so weird. I love, too, when he he's like, oh, am I supposed to like roll my eyes and go, ooh, female cooking. And I just think it's hilarious that there's like some inherent difference between female and, like, male cooking. It, the whole episode was so stupid that I don't even want to get into a serious breakdown of how the things that they did are sexist, because I'm just like, no, that's that's too that's more consideration than they put into making this episode. I hated this episode. <laughs> so what, what were the main reasons why you hated it? Uh, okay, well, it's because it doesn't have a second act at all. There was no, I'm, I'm sorry, there's no like B plot. It doesn't, it doesn't even have an A plot. It doesn't have one plot. <laughs> None of the characters that we like on the Enterprise were in this show. The burden of the storytelling was s- slowly drifted over to the asshole miner and the old lady who mm-hmm. becomes a young lady. Or no, it's a beautiful lady who becomes an ugly lady if she doesn't take her medicine. And the story became about them for, like, the last half. And you don't see anything Spock does, Kirk does, McCoy. Like, they're just on their ship and you're watching this melodrama play out on the planet of them trying to, like, learn to love each other. Ugh, it was horrible. Talking about the ship's reactions, I liked how Sulu acted in this episode. And I feel like he kind of acts like this where he acknowledges, like, how, how beautiful the women are. But he's not, like, devastated like the other men on the ship. There was that weird kind of like gaunt guy who was in that yellow, you know, just the yellow shirt. I don't. Yeah, he didn't file his report and he got. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's like absolutely gobsmacked 
by these women and he like can't function at all. And she was like, oh yeah, they're beautiful. I mean, I've noticed they're beautiful, but he like plays it pretty cool. And it's just like another moment where I'm just like, man, Zulu is the coolest cat there is. But so that was such a rip. That's funny, Clint, because I saw that and was thinking, man, Sulu is gay. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a red herring, though, for us to, as the audience to think that there's like a, a magic about them that's like enchanting the crew when there was nothing, mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. at all. I like to when, um, what was it, when Bones was kind of trying to crack the mystery and he's like, well, is this some sort of like alien illusion? And he's like, no, aliens would be smarter than than this to like you know they'd be able to fool me better and they're not doing a great job of fooling us but i like too where he's like are they beautiful or do they just act beautiful and it was like what <laughs> it that's what like it literally did not make sense and like Corey said that it was like a red herring and i'm like yeah except that like a red herring isn't just a completely different plot it's like something that you think you figured the riddle out and all the clues are still there and they're stable clues. It's just that you've been subtly led to the wrong conclusion so that the right conclusion right. is still a surprise. Whereas this one, they they put in clues for the wrong conclusion. I guess the Venus drug makes you so beautiful that it like just tops out your the pheromones of other people when they see you. Like that's the magic. But I guess also you don't have to take it. You can just take a placebo and just believe in yourself and you can be just as beautiful. God. <laughs> what, what an ending. Ugh. I love though how just like what Spock was doing this whole episode as well. He was just like eating this whole thing up when he brought the women to Kirk's quarters he had like the biggest smirk on his face and he's like, man, these three women and Kirk, this is going to be interesting. Let me tell you. Yeah. And then Bones made like some sort of semi-racist joke and Spock was just like, I'm glad I'm different from you. Wink. And then he has this closing line that's just, he calls the whole thing a most annoying emotional episode. And I was like, yes, Spock, I agree. <laughs> what a great way to sum up this episode, right? Yeah, I also I feel like that's a pattern with another one where something the whole episode was something and then it ended with Spock basically doing like a little like, and that's the episode, folks. And he does a little mic drop and that's the end. (laughs) I feel like that's what they get into a pattern where a lot of episodes end like that where they're on the bridge again. And then Kirk and like Bones are talking about something and then Spock says something Vulcan and then Kirk and Bones are like, dumb Vulcans. Mm hmm. Yeah. I have two things I want to say. First is, there's a game I want to play at the end uh, when we've kind of wrapped up talking about the episode. And that is, if Data was on the ship, would there have been a a plot? (laughs) And I guess in this one, maybe Data could have been like, there are some mining camps that are abandoned and there's crystals there. Because we're going to actually do a sensor sweep on this planet and not wait for these these stupid miners to tell us where to go. Uh, Yeah. And then the second thing I wanted to ask you guys is, what was the climax of this episode? Which which scene? It had to be. It had to be the uh, the minor mixer when the three the minor mixer. Yeah, when the three women were getting to know the three miners, and then Evie just like runs into that the is sandstorm. not a climax of a show running into a sandstorm. But I think you're right. I mean, especially when it's not a character that we particularly care about. Or when the action is unclear. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, the time when the stakes are highest is like the st- scene after that, 
where they're like, we have 43 minutes of like life support left and we're looking for Evie. And then um, Scotty's like, we shouldn't be searching for them. It's draining our power even faster. So that's where I have to say where like the stakes were highest, but that was not an exciting scene. I guess you're right in that that is the highest stakes. And so in some cases, the most exciting, but yeah, man, everything about this was a stinker. That's all I got. Oh. <laughs> I just want to say that a couple little yeah, ending thoughts. I love when they get transported on onto the Enterprise in the beginning of the episode. And the woman in the green dress. And she's like the only one that's backwards. Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, like about that they part. They were like posing for an album photo on the pad. Yeah. She's like, I always... I always go through transporters backwards so I can show off my beauty booty when when men see me. I can imagine her like walking through doors backwards as well. I could have sworn one of them was. Fa- I mean, their outfits were a high point. I do have a, a note that they're advancing sweater tech in this episode. <laughs> uh, man, and that blue one. I don't know if we ever get names. I only think we get names for Evie. One of them might be called Eve, but. The blue one, man, that thing was short. Oh, yeah, but it was, like, asymmetrical, too. So, like, one side was, like, past her knees, but then the other was, like, here's a vagina. (laughs) Yeah, I think all the the hottest future clothes are asymmetrical. If you are putting some, you know, like, putting someone in a very attractive outfit, it's always asymmetrical in Star Trek. I think that happens in a lot of futuristic shows. Mm -hmm. And I've got to say, of all the things that I hate in life, asymmetrical clothing has got to be the highest thing it's just awful where are you guys seeing all this asymmetrical clothing i can't even uh, well you like that that crazy sweater right okay. <laughs> yeah uh jake jake cisco wears a lot of asymmetrical clothing in ds9 we have a little discord channel that we talk about a little bit the sexy Riker sweater <laughs> in that episode where he because <laughs> yeah. it's the uh that's asymmetrical right I think so. Yeah. They also wear a lot of like asymmetrical earrings, which doesn't bother me as much. Asymmetrical chest. I feel like, um, did you ever see the Disney Channel original movie, Xenon Girl of the 21st Century? Yes. Yeah. That's another one that's like full of asymmetrical <laughs> hairdos and clothing and shiny clothes. And I also like in Xenon, it's just a miniaturized <sighs> version of whatever the data recorder was at the time. So In that show, they just have really tiny CDs that they would put into things. And in Star Trek, it's really small tape decks. Oh, yep. I'm trying to Google asymmetrical clothing in space to see what Google tells me. Emily, maybe we all need to do a Xenon watch. It's been too long. The world needs to know. Yeah. Uh, That could be like our Christmas episode. Uh, I think there's two of them. I think there's two movies. I didn't realize there were two. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah. But anyway, I just typed in TNG Irish episode. The episode came up. It's called The Long Ladder, Corey. Okay. I was going to say Up the Long Ladder, but I thought that might be a a TOS episode. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's Up the Long Ladder or something like that or Long Ladder. So um, I just think it's great, too, that you can type in TNG Irish episode and you'll (laughs) you'll get it in a second. (laughs) Is it just a bunch of message boards being like, I hate this episode? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this one yet, Emily? No, I, I haven't. You're going through TNG. No. You're in, you're in for a treat. If it was possible to I'm be... I'm trying to think where I am in TNG. If it was possible to be racist against Irish people, then this would be very racist. <laughs> Wait, it is possible. I mean, did you hear... 
Have you heard that there's more Irish people in America than in Ireland? Yeah, it's because of the potato famine, right? Yeah, it's absolutely true that so many people died and immigrated during the potato famine that at the like height of the famine, there were more immigrants abroad than there were in Ireland. And that's still true today. So many people immigrated to the U.S. that like that joke of like everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. No, everyone in America does have Irish ancestors because so many immigrated. I think Ireland's the only country that has less of a popula- population today than it did 200 years ago. Yeah, it still hasn't recovered. Yeah, I believe that. I No, I, I, th- I want to say there's some... Some other place like Greece or Turkey or something that has a similar issue that they have fewer people now than they used to. Some Eastern European country. I don't know. Hey. Anyway, you can tell how bad this episode is because we're like, let's talk about literally anything else. (laughs) If you so to find that episode, you did TNG Irish. What would you Google to find this episode? And you can't use mud. I'd say TOS pimp episode. (laughs) and mud's women comes up i don't know if that's true or not did you try it (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh tos pimp episode and tell me what the first thing that comes up the tholian web what maybe it's because i've been searching uh mud's women because the tholian web comes up i put tos pimp episode and mine came up with the cage yeah that one came up too and the naked time there's no pimps in the naked time. That's the one where they all get drunk, right? Yeah. Also, it says that something put it in the top 10 essential Star Trek episodes. That's weird. We didn't hate that one. We liked that one because that's where Sulu got a sword out. Oh, yeah. That was we need to come up with a rating system at the end of these uh, episodes. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to give this one one romulan ale hangover at a zero because it fucking sucked (laughs) i'm going i'm going to give this zero out of 100 uh battlefield commendations and deaths you will not be entering the hollow fields of the klingon kapla i i will be giving this episode um four harvey mud earrings out of five Wow. This is this is the opposite of Kapla. That's what this episode is. <laughs> I mean, it was just bad in so many ways, but um, I loved how ridiculously awful Harvey Mudd was. I wonder if he'll be... I don't think he's ever in another episode before, <laughs> but I know he's like a fan favorite character because who's who's the actor who plays Dwight from The Office? Well, whatever. Oh. He plays him in a couple episodes in Star Trek Discovery. Oh, That's fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he does a, a little bit better job of it. But yeah, this episode was just Rain so ridiculous Wilson. and 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 cringy that I thought it was hilarious. So I think what we learned is that the real treasure is uh, the friendship we made along the way. That was last episode. Oh, I mean the we learned that the real treasure is lying all the time. Exactly. That's and pretty, women look yeah. way prettier with makeup, and when they smile more. Mm, yeah i better go get married guys (laughs) all right well um that was our thoughts on mud's women uh a classic original series star trek episode anything else you guys want to say i i wish i could forget that i watched this i probably will well with that we say goodbye and until we see you next keep on trekking